Hello friends, it's Phil and today, my friends, I'm going to take you for a walk with me around the field in my local village, Hampswait, and I shall try and share with you some of the beauty of it. And whilst I do that, I'm going to stray around and give you some updates about growing or gardening, because I know you're interested maybe a little bit interested so <clears throat> if you've never listened to a podcast where I go meandering let's say and there might be a bit of wind on the microphone from time to time so do excuse but it's fairly soft wind today you know that kind of uh, wind that comes through in summer you know, it's kind of warm, kind of gentle, kind of meandering. That's what it is today. And uh, I'm walking alongside the field in Hampsway, and I'm walking alongside the Nid River that runs along and through the Nid Valley, which uh, is just kind of at the very top of Nid Valley, where I live slash walk as a dog. And my first stray, dear friends, is um, a little bit of a stray into the field, actually. So on the left-hand side, uh, we have the, um, the wheat field. That's what it is. It's the wheat field. And um, it's looking pretty looking pretty pretty good to go maybe not quite ready to harvest and the reason why I think that comes back to a conversation I overheard last year in the Wellington Arms <coughs> a um, let's say a rather fine pub in the kind of the Nid Valley region um, in the middle of the farmers fields and there are hundreds upon thousands of acres of farmland around it. And there was this um, rather well-polished, I'd say, um, young farmer, let's say. And if you've ever seen a young farmer's attire, you'll know exactly why you think I say he was well-polished. He actually reminded me of a young farmer that may have forgotten that he's not in Fulham in London anymore, or not in Putney. But he had that kind of uh, stereotypical uniform kind of thing. The uh, polished Chelsea boots and the blue chinos and the, uh, the farmer's shirt, usually a checked sort of heavyweight shirt. Um, and uh, a shuffle, as it's called. It's a gilet, it's a particular brand of gilet. Gilet, How, you know, the overcoat thing. Very stereotypical uh, English young farmer, or some of them, let's say, maybe I'm being stereotyping a bit there, but <clears throat> there was this young gentleman standing there. He was there 
as the grain trader. Fascinating, fascinating exchange. Kind of real, real preparation of the market kind of stuff. Almost like a, a view into an old fashioned world of trading and commodity trading over, almost over the, over the commodity, over the fields that were out the door. They were sharing a beer and there was a couple of farmers. And I think there was this like mildly heated conversation. Was it heated or mildly warm or certainly it was a bit pointy. And it was a discussion about the the um, the harvest that hadn't yet happened. A bit like today. It's not far off. But the harvest, the, the discussion was, would the grain that they harvest need drying? That's what the um, the merchant was trading. He was trading a drying service. I think he was kind of sort of saying, if you don't get your crop in early enough, <clears throat> and it's in the plant, does it rot? I don't, I don't know. But I would have thought, if it's not harvested early enough, it will either rot, or it will fall from the from the plant, and it will then fail. It will it will fail as a crop. So it has to be harvested. And I think there's this exchange saying, well, you know, weather's not very good. Well, it's a bit unpredictable, you know, are oh, you going to be able to harvest in time and will the dryness levels be there? And the farmer was obviously saying, yes, I'm going to be able to do it because the drying service on the crop is a premium, isn't it? But there was this exchange going on. I could definitely see it. It's like, no, we'll pick it. We'll, we'll definitely get it. And the moisture levels will be acceptable for you no matter what. And the merchant was saying, well, just give it to me and I'll dry it for you. It's a funny exchange. But I guess the difference is, is a load of money in terms of hundreds of thousands of tonnes of grain or wheat or cereal. So I think the field on the right of me, not on the left, I think it's uh, probably slightly behind, not far off harvesting, for the one reason that it's been really wet in July. So I reckon if it'd been a drier July, I think we'd be nearly, if not harvesting. I don't really know. Um, but because of the dampness, I think it's just sitting there for a little bit longer, I think. And if I look across, actually, into the middle of the crop, quite interesting, actually. There's certain areas of the crop where it looks like there's been the crop's been bashed to the ground. Well, evidently not crop circles and all that malarkey, um, which is fascinating. If it's true, I don't know, but maybe some wind swirls around the field have caused this flattening to happen. Maybe you all know. Uh, maybe I should ask actually. Might go to the pub and ask. Anyway, on the left-hand side of me, hopefully the breeze is just gentle on the mic. Um, that's open, just jumped in the river. On the left-hand side, because of all the rain, the river is completely a river again. And uh, 
dark, which can only mean one thing. Quite a lot of organic material has drifted off of the fields into the, uh, into the uh, river. Not a river I'd actually go for a swim in at the moment. It's black slash brown. Mm. Very, not very inviting earlier this year, well, in June, when it was bone dry, May, June. I was down here nearly every day swimming because it was beautifully warm and the river was beautifully cool. Um, oh, I think there's too much wind. You're going to suffer the wind, aren't you? <coughs> anyway, as I stray, I shall stray back again. Um, I know you're interested. So, week three of London, the great, the great rebuild. Phil, the great rebuild. Left, right, left, right. The great rebuild has in been three weeks now, and uh, by all accounts, I'm going to basically say yes. Very positive, very positive. And if you don't know <coughs> the story of great rebuild listen to some of the previous episodes and if you don't know much about all gardening keep in mind this podcast is called growing all gardening all gardening actually ran in london from 2004 to 2016 it did and it was a thriving enterprise until i uh fell out of love with it let's say that shall we Mm. There's a story in there for entrepreneurs about uh, having the ability to grow something, but then also having the ability to uh, not grow it. I'm not sure whether I want to admit that, but there we go. It's out there now. Ah, move on. So, um, yeah, so three weeks in, all is well. We're going into August, and I predict that maybe August might be a little bit of a quiet month um, not in terms of the schedule but possibly in terms of customer new customer acquisition I predict that it might be a bit slow but you never know not everyone goes on holiday in August when all the kids are on holiday do they and uh, those are the people that um, may be looking for a fine English lawn so that, that's the, um, the other thing to um, murmur over, actually, that's quite interesting, is, um, is um, oh, I'm bumbling along as I pass other people, but bear with me. Um, the other thing, so three weeks into London, things are going well. The service is being accepted as I thought it would be the way it is, the way it was, but better because we're doing one thing now. All gardening is currently, and I use that word gently, is currently uh, um, focused, certainly for the foreseeable future, on... uh, creating the finest lawns in London and Yorkshire but mainly London because we're back in London that's where the big focus is and um, 
<coughs> excuse me. Um, yeah, the more you look at it, um, the more you examine the the fine lawn narrative. It's quite interesting. Come on, come on. It is quite interesting. The, the, the interesting thing about fine lawns, and let's say this narrative that has always been in me because I'm obsessed with a meticulous attention to detail. The thing about fine lawns is until you get to a certain point, you know it can always get better. And one of the things that's happened in the last month, particularly the last three weeks since being in London, is it's become really evident that some of the lawns I work on are super fine English lawns. Incredibly beautiful, incredibly perfect, faultless, literally. And I think there is something really, really, really significant in that. It's easier for people to know whether or not they're interested in a super fine lawn. And it's easier for me to tell them that's what I do. If I say I do grass cutting, mm, that's just grass cutting. If I say I do lawn treatments, mm, that's just lawn treatments. And both of those services that you might do yourself get you only somewhere. But as I said to a client the other day, my obsession, my focus, is driven from one lawn to the next. So the more lawns we look after, or I look after, or all gardening looks after, the more the motivation for perfection gets higher because everything's a benchmark against everything. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. I'm finding it absolutely fascinating. And if, if to, to some extent a bit daunting, is I'm trying to get to a an acceptable level of fine, let's say. So, you know, in terms of like talking about cars, am I looking for a Ford? No. Am I looking for a Audi? Entry level? Fine. Am I looking for a Porsche? Ferrari? Bugatti? Rolls Royce? We all know the layers of uh, fineness within the car market, to some extent, they say. I don't own any of those. I've got a Skoda Superb, but um, estate, sport line, by the way. But um, I think I've just learned over the last uh, three weeks that when you have a direction of travel, when you have a focus that is so acute, do less, be better as is on the home, the front page of the yearbook. Interestingly, every customer that signs up to the lawn service now gets a yearbook. And the feedback on that gift has been extraordinary as well. It's been wonderful to see people dipping into this piece of work that took me 
a year slash four months to do, and I'm already planning 2024. Um, six months ahead of 2024. So uh, I might actually get it done by January. Yeah. Well, I don't know, maybe. I actually think the yearbook gets released on the 19th of April, because that's when all gardening started. So actually I've got a deadline of 10 months. Excellent, Whew. brilliant. <clears throat> you still with me? <laughs> oh, as I meander around thinking, dear friends, are you with me? And so, um, yeah, so London's Bonza, fine lawns, fine English lawns, fantastiche. Um, the yearbook, absolutely excellent. Um, the systems behind everything, zero for accounting and bookkeeping, uh, MailChimp for email. Actually, interestingly enough, the, the uh, newsletter, if you haven't signed up to it yet, um, it went out this week, uh, and it's going to go out every Monday in future. Be part of my Monday routine. It's called Notes from the Shed. I'm up to Notes 7. So anyway, go and join the newsletter, because it's cool. I think it's cool. People have told me it's really cool. Or actually, people have actually said these words. Very, very nice, Phil. Brilliant. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, so newsletter, MailChimp. Uh, I'm using a free version of HubSpot to manage the leads from the website. The website's built on Shopify. Um, yeah, so the Shopify leads come into my inbox and the inbox at the moment is manually administered into HubSpot. And then I set up a deal on HubSpot and then I manage the new deals across to some sort of conversion. And on that point of conversion, whilst I may have said some 12 minutes ago, things are going well, and I expect August to be quieter. But the thing about the lawn service, lawn plan complete, is it's actually quite a considered purchase. And there is actually um, either a fast, sort of very quick purchasing mode, or actually I think it's a sort of a two slash three week consideration. Um, so the point I was going to make, actually, not so much about the conversion speed. Bear with me, dear friends. I shall ramble off again in a minute. So this is just for those business-minded individuals that may be interested in some business-minded stuff. Um, the one thing I've got to keep circling back on is um, I can only look after 85 lawns. And that's not a bit of marketing spiel. That's just simply I cannot... I, hello, so um, I have to limit the amount of times I say yes to a customer and it kind of, you know, to some extent it makes me nervous saying no, I won't be able to work for you because I really obviously am quite focused on the business performance and the hitting the metrics and the business plan. But when I get a bit anxious that not enough's happening, I sort of remind myself of, of one thing. One thing that's on the front cover of the yearbook, and one thing that's on the header of the email, and one thing that's on the website header. It says, 
do one thing well. It says, do less, be better. And what it says also is it says, we grow the finest lawns. That's it. And I just, you know, to, to find customers interested in that standard, it's not gonna happen overnight. I have to keep reminding myself of that. And I have to keep reminding myself day on day that some of the clients that I come across, some of the people that would like me to work for them because of my experience and the quality of work I do and what I do do, some people, unfortunately, I won't be able to work for everyone. It's a hard skill to learn. It's a hard skill to learn. I know that. But I'm trying to, uh, trying to stick at it. Keep focused. I say to myself, keep focused, Phil. Yes, difference. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> if you're still with me, I've just actually meandered around the whole of the uh, the wheat field. Um, well, yeah, you've been with me for most of it, about half of it. No, I'm not round, I'm about two thirds of the way round. Um, I'm on the less windy side, which you might be, you might have noticed. Um, what else can I share? Uh, oh, I can't. I can, <laughs> I can give you a bit more information about what I can't tell you about. That I've told you about before that I can't tell you about. <laughs> but I'll try and give you a little bit more. In, the previ- in a previous podcast, I said that there might be someone else interested in the success of all gardening. I said that. Well, I met that person last, a week Monday, yes. And I had to put together some information for him. I might tell you another, in another podcast the story about how I met this person. Who might be interested in what? Might be interested in growing or gardening, joining the mission, the cause. Um, But I met him, and there was a favourable engagement, let's say. Cryptic, Phil. I can't tell you, can I? I can't tell you. Um, Because what happens if it doesn't happen? Or what is going to happen? Or what could happen? No idea. But, fingers crossed, and all things being equal, there is another meeting planned for next Wednesday. Mmm, dear friends. Yes, what will happen? I don't know. But what I do know is, and what I'm telling you, is doing less and being better at one thing, growing fine English lawns, has made this exchange of opportunity, optimism, chance, much, much much easier. It's hyper-focused at the moment. But that might change. An opportunity might float towards me that changes everything. But inside the heart of anything will have to be this focus. Do less, be better. 
going to have to be in the focus. It's going to have to remain. So, um, I can't tell you any more than that. But I've told you a little bit more, right? <laughs> oh, God. Dear friends. Um, where else can I ramble? Ah, uh, oh, Angus. I might as well just drop this one in here, because he might listen to this. He uh, and a few of his mates... <clears throat> keep in mind, Angus is 16, my son. He, uh, he's been playing rugby pretty successfully. A couple of years... Was it last spring or the spring before? No, last spring. Last April, he went to Portugal with his rugby team, Harrogate Rugby Club, and they won the under-16s tournament. And it was phenomenal rugby for a bunch of uh, very young lads. It was phenomenal. It was brilliant. And the final was absolutely nail-biting. The Welsh team should have won. But the Welsh team had only one plan. They had one plan. <laughs> but, but the boys, Harrogate boys, had another plan. And it wasn't the same plan that the Welsh team thought was the plan. And we won. We just didn't give away the ball. At all. Which made it kind of like 1980s rugby. A bit. Whereas the, uh, the Welsh boys were hoping for a, a loose game. Followed by out to the wings. A running game. And victory. But we just ground it down like it was a proper winter match in, uh, in Yorkshire really. So anyway, they're off, they've gone off to Canada. Lucky lads, very, very privileged boys. Wonderfully organised by many people, lots and lots of fundraising by many, many people, many barbecues and evenings and all sorts of stuff to offer up the cash. Um, yeah, they've gone, it's gone for nine days, nine nights, ten days to play rugby in Canada. And uh, on the first day they were there, boy, they were having fun. But they were also on telly. <laughs> it's brilliant. They're like little celebrities that have turned up in town. They've turned up in Barry. I think they flew into Toronto, I think. But that's pretty cool. That's really cool. I'm really pleased my son is pushing out his wings without reservation, which is typical Angus, by the way. When he decides there's a direction of travel, by God, do not get in his way. Um, Oh, and the other thing is, just for reference, Maddie's back from uni. Yes, my daughter. I might not have mentioned her to you before, but she... Uh... Oh, this way. She's doing law at Manchester University. And quite enjoying it, wonderfully. So that's cool. Um... Where shall I go now? Anyway, the last segue, if you're still with me, some 27 minutes in is um, I'm just going to meander across the field. There's a path. Hope! There's a path that bisects the fields that's kind of created in winter. <clears throat> There's no crops here. But we uh, will meander across that through the wheat. You hear it? There it is. Lovely jubbly. Um, anyway, uh, that's the update, I reckon. That's the... Uh, the shape of things. That's the half an hour of rambling with Phil through the fields in the English countryside. And by the way, if you're interested 
in any of what I've been talking about, the lawn service, lawn plan complete, the fine lawn service. If you're interested in the yearbook, if you're interested in my fertilizer, which I didn't mention, but it's on the website. If you're interested in, uh, if you're just interested in being interested, learning a bit more, join the newsletter or hop onto the website or join with the social media channels or this stuff. And at worst, dear friends, why not subscribe to this or follow whichever channel has different sort of call to actions with that sort of stuff. Anyway, um, I think that's a wrap, isn't it? I think I'm done. Anyway, thank you for listening, dear friends. I shall catch you on the other side. Take care. Ta-da. Bye. I'm going to go down the pub. Adios. See ya. Bye. Thank you.